This time on the Magic Kitchen Podcast, we're discussing elementals. I'm Leander Witchwood. And I'm Elise Wells. And welcome to the Magic Kitchen Podcast, where we talk about magic, kitchen witchcraft, herbs, and everything in between. practicing magic and Elise maybe um, you have the same experience you're always introduced to the elementals but one thing that I noticed when I first started is I had no clue what the heck they were and why I was calling on them yeah (laughs) it wasn't completely defined they there's almost this assumption that when you come into a Wiccan path and start practicing ceremonial magic that you just automatically know what these guys are and who they are and what they do. So I I wanted to take some time and do an episode on the elementals and kind of give a perspective, not the perspective. It's not the be all end all. Nothing we ever say in our podcast and in any of our episodes is going to be the be all end all. But this is our perspective of the elementals from our training, from our experience with them. What do you think, about that at least yeah i i agree i that was the first question i had i said why are we talking about gnomes and (laughs) and you know to me they're like in gardens of old people so like that (laughs) conversation of the personification of the five elements or the four elements Mm -hmm. that we work with i think the first thing we look up when we're interested in witchcraft is the elephant elements for a lot of us like that's what draws us to it is we're like oh i'm i'm more of an earth person and my friend says she's more water and what's the difference and then we're you know we're curious earth air fire water and spirit Mm -hmm. those are the elements but then we have these personifications that we work with or are taught to work with and that's what we want to talk about today yeah and definitely because even in magical herbalism or just herbalism if you're doing a more holistic style herbalism each plant is associated with an element and that goes back centuries so when you're working with a plant, you want to know what element it is so you can better serve the whole body of the person. So when we start working with elements and elementals, we start digging a little deeper into what that means to us as an individual and to our path as a, as a magical construct. So what are the elements? Of course, you have earth, air, fire, water. And then if you're going with the five, then you have spirit. With elementals, we basically have the four. So you have earth elementals, air elementals, fire elementals, water elementals. And they are classified by their own um, names. So earth elementals, you'll have your gnomes. But you can also, depending on the um, culture where you come from, you can also place in there the um, brownies and... um, Trolls even. Um, Some people might even put elves into that category. Now, 
to be to be completely transparent, our understanding of the elementals right now comes from the work of Paracelsus in the 16th century. So this was what 15 something. I don't remember exactly the date when he wrote his books, but they come from one man's perspective. Who he was a Swiss alchemist, so you know he knew something about something, <laughs> and. So think about, <laughs> you know, we, we, we're going over, uh, uh, you know, th- hundreds of years of knowledge that has been translated and reinterpreted and retranslated. So really, when it comes down to it, we're functioning right now on our modern understanding of the elementals, not necessarily his understanding, but that's the root of it, where it comes from. And like I said, in different cultures, they're going to have different ideas of what the elementals are. In Chinese mythology, we ha- they have more than earth, air, fire, water. They have metal. You know, they have other elements in there that are going to have their own associations. And um, I think that's what we're going to really dig into this episode is getting into maybe who the elementals are, an individual perspective plus a modern perspective. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, and how that can serve us in our path. For me, I think of the elementals as like like the Maiar to the Valar <laughs> for the Lord of the Rings fans out that. there. So we've got the Valar, <laughs> we've got the gods, the goddesses, mm-hmm. and then under them, but still super powerful powers we cannot touch, yeah. immortal yeah. beings in their own right, are yep. the Maiar or the elementals. So we can yep. use them as teaching tools. We can understand nature better by spending time with them. We can understand ourselves better by entreating them or giving offerings to them. So there's still yes. a, a, a relationship we can build, but they're not the same level as a god or goddess. There's no temples built to them. Right. But they're also, they right. wouldn't want temples because that's nature's that temple. Right, right. And and you still would want to revere them with respect and gratitude yes. because they they are still f- far more I don't want to say able but and cunning, but that could be part of it. They're they're still more powerful than we are. They have a better understanding of who and what they are on this plane that maybe we do. And they are and of our so, plane, which is a big yes. difference between a god and a goddess. Mm-hmm. Because they they can manipulate things exactly. Yeah. They're in charge of this plane, basically more so than yeah. a god and goddess that's much more removed and higher. Yeah, right. Or just distracted. You know, <laughs> they're a little yeah, more focused. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah, like there can be, you know, an elemental for a specific region that that is their region, and that could be a pretty small mm-hmm. place. Ireland has the mm-hmm. Fae, which have varying levels of power, and Ireland is like very minuscule, really, in the in the scale of places. Yeah. In the scale. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, so when we're looking at elementals, again, we're, we're going back to that para, Paracelsus's view. <laughs> it's a lot of S's. <laughs> but his view of it. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not Swiss. <laughs> but um, so his view was we had earth elementals, air elementals, fire elementals, water elementals. So the earth elementals would be those gnomes. The Think of like beings that would live in, in the mountains, the rocks. Uh, um, it could be um, dryads in tree people. Um, if we're going, you know, using our uh, our. Uh, Tolkien mythology <laughs> um, associations, you know, your, your ends yeah. <laughs> to help people kind of associate a little bit better. So they're going to be associated with, you know, 
the earth and the, the grittiness of earth. So they're going to be very solid. They're going to be very um, balanced, um, maybe slow moving, maybe slow to act. And but but they're going to have this long lasting effect on things. Does that make sense? Does, does that seem right to you? Yeah. And for me, when I'm calling on earth, I'm calling on the dryads, the nymphs of the mm-hmm. trees. I'm calling on the oryads, the nymphs of the mountainside. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. a visual for me. And there's been times now I'm living in Greece that I've walked into a grove and said, like, oh, the, these are dryads. Absolutely. Yeah. And these trees yeah. are like just they're dancing like you really can visually see mm-hmm. that it's it's more it's more visual in my own rituals because I've had those experiences. So that's now who yeah. I work with. I don't work with gnomes mm-hmm. anymore because it just doesn't feel as relevant gotcha. to my placement right now. Well, and one of the mythologies of gnomes was believed that they were the reason we place them out in our garden is because they would protect the home. They would protect the land. Um, now, one of the mythologies is specifically they would protect they were reincarnated women into a gnome um, body, I guess, or a gnome um, visual appearance because, <laughs> you know, they're not necessarily solid. They're, you know, not imaginary necessarily, but it could be. But um, on that that liminal space where they're not physical, but they're present and they were believed to reincarnate their women who reincarnated to protect other women who lived alone. Oh, that's so awesome. that's one of those things. Yeah. So it's, it's like there's these little like nuances that unless you dig deep into this mythology and this um, genealogy of it, of where it came from and how it becomes a thing for us in the modern day. Uh, you don't understand it until you start working with them, which we'll touch on that a little bit later on working with them. So next to the earth elementals, we have air elementals and those would be your, your sky beings. So anything with feathers and wings that maybe they would transform into clouds or maybe they would command the clouds like the earth elementals would command the earth. They would command the clouds and storms. Maybe they are, um, more fairy-like with wings and they can be really fast. And so if you needed something that was fast acting, you would call on them to help you with that. So that would be the sylphs and, um, and other fairy type beings. They could even, you know, transform themselves into hummingbirds or I I like to think of hummingbirds as a very good good air elemental because of how they flit Yeah, and they can hover. They can stop for a minute and hover and then they're gone. (laughs) So for a visual, you know, think of a hummingbird for an air elemental. For me, for me in the Greek practice, I'm using uh, the anime, the four winds of ancient Greece. Mm. So Mm -hmm. uh, Vordia is the north wind. Zephyros is the west, Notus is the south, and Evrus or Euros is the east. And these winds also corresponded to the seasons. So like north, mm. I always think like North Pole winter. So like, you know, yes. Boreas yes. was like for the winter, um, you know, moving through the south is, you know, mm. summer. So it's, again, like it's kind of about your practice for how you view these elementals, but I also find that this works really concurrently with the sylphs. So I still call on the sylphs. I don't not call on the sylphs anymore. Yeah. 
for the winds. When we think of change, right. so I love this, like, air is change and new beginnings. So I love thinking of, you know, these four winds of the seasons that way, too. I like that. I like that. And yeah, and, and you know, going back a little bit to the earth elementals, like they, you would associate them, I, well, I associate them with autumn and the earthiness of things changing and going within and, um, and that whole winter time or, or, you know, autumn winter cusp maybe mm, yeah. where it's, you know, maybe they bleed into one another. Cause I don't think that there's like, I know in our culture, we like to make these definitive lines. So this is this, that is that. Yeah. And I found, <laughs> yeah, I found in my, in my experience that nothing in the natural world, nothing in the liminal world, nothing in the univ- multiverse worlds <laughs> are cut and dry they will bleed into each other they mm-hmm. you know can have more than one association so when we like try to box everything in we limit ourselves so yeah. that's just kind of a side note <laughs> so and then the next one we have is fire elementals and okay so this is okay i'm gonna i'm gonna probably piss some people off with this but i don't care because it doesn't make sense to me so i'm gonna make sense of it for my path and this works for me so (laughs) paracelsus he associates salamanders with fire which okay so we associate fire with the south with heat with the sun with the noontime with summer that sort of thing so think of everything hot and dry or hot and humid (laughs) so paracelsus he associates salamanders with this element which doesn't make sense to me because where do where do salamanders live they live in bodies of water they live under muddy rocks they live in in areas that are very wet and cold usually um so that doesn't make sense to me why would you associate a creature so there so to me in my thought process there has to be has to have been a translation somewhere that was misread um because if you look up at the um oh i forgot the guy's name, the artist's name. If you look at his version, it's a 16th century um, artist. His uh, view of a salamander looks very much like a dragon. It's it's got a man's head, but it's got dragon wings and a dragon tail, and it's it's got you know these other like creatures coming out from the side of it that look like a dragon as well. It's holding a sword. Um, his name is Man- Manly P. Hall. Now that I can you know, get my stuff together. (laughs) And so that makes sense to me. So in my further research, I discovered that Paracelsus associated salamanders with fire because in the 16th century, people believed that the white excretion that the salamander uses as protection for themselves, they believed that this excretion would protect humans from fire. So that's how it got associated with fire. (laughs) which still doesn't make sense to me but okay you know (laughs) we can't all you know make sense of everything so really when you look at the depictions of salamanders from that time period they really look like maybe wyverns or dragons and Mm -hmm. that to me makes more sense because when we think of dragons we think of breathing fire we think of them being able to withstand heat you know if, if you ever use kind of any kind of mythology in your D games or your role-playing games or your rpg <laughs> you're going to want dragon scale armor right 
<laughs> yep. So that makes more sense to me. So I associate dragons with fire rather than salamanders. I'm going to give the salamanders a break and put them back in their river where they belong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're so watery. Like I remember like yeah. the fun it was to like try and find them or see them moving through the river. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And for me, I, I think of the djinn when I think of fire elementals. So they're not. Oh, yeah. Like, See? I don't know. I've never met someone else who like thinks of them that way, but and they're from like the Arabic traditions. Um, mm-hmm. But they're really cool. Some people think they were just yeah. humans with fire powers or, you know, genies is where jinn come from. So if you've heard of genies, those are jinn. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mm-hmm. so, yeah, they're worth researching, too, if anyone's out there looking for a replacement for salamander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So y- y- there's... There's all kinds of lore out there we can explore and come up to our own um, conclusions on things because you don't need to follow one person's here. I said so. So it is. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a a total rebel against that. Like it's because somebody says so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go find out for myself because I don't like being told what to believe and what to do. I think that's me one of too. the reasons why I left Wicca. <laughs> yeah, I, it because never you know it was. Yeah. yeah, it just it was too much of like I said so, so just do it this way. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't feel right, so bye bye. All right. So the next elemental are water elementals, and those are your undines, which can also be considered mermaids, um, selkies. Again, it's going to come down to what tradition are you following? What tradition, what, you know, like we discovered in discussing fire, Um, you know, you have your gin or your genie associated with fire. So what would you associate water with? Would it be a mermaid? Would it be a, a selkie or maybe... A dragon, a sea dragon, you know, mm-hmm. it, it depends on how you view it. And I think that's the important thing is like, this is your path. So mold it to what you feel is right. If you found a tradition that says, okay, this is this, that is that, and that meshes with you, go for it. You yeah. know, there, I'm not here to say that that's wrong. The near For eyes. me, it's not right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. Like, I, I like the undines, but I also resonate more with the near eyes. Uh, Poseidon's yeah, daughters. There you go. And the naiads mm-hmm. of the rivers. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, the nymphs for me are that elemental power. And again, that's maybe my location. Okay. It's my heritage. Maybe. But maybe. it doesn't have to be. If, the, if they call to you, check them yeah. out. Check them out. And maybe, maybe none of these elementals appear to you in a humanoid format. Maybe they only mm-hmm. appear to you in their raw state as an elemental. As, you know, as water, as air, as, you know, a cloud or, you know, something that's burning in your fire out in the backyard or while you're cooking dinner. You know, there's there's so many ways that these beings, these energy creatures can manifest to us. And it's not going to be all one way. It's going to be very individualized because if they're going to connect with you, they're going to do it in a way that makes sense to you. Yes. And that's, I think, where it really confuses a lot of people thinking that, oh, well, if I'm going to connect to an undine, it has to look like a mermaid. They have Mm -hmm. to look this way. Well, they don't. They really don't. It's funny you say that because I've actually never really, like in my mind's eye, in ritual, in meditation, I never mm -hmm. see them as personified. 
Like it wasn't until we were researching for this episode that I was Googling like Mm -hmm. some of these drawings and artwork of Undyne. And I was like, man, these are beautiful. But like that never came to me that way. But I also never felt like I didn't have a strong relationship with the elements. So now every element is different. And and you might not have the same strength of a relationship with one element over the other. That's very normal. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I like that you brought up that there's so many different ways to see them and 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 i know there's a there's this whole thing with people thinking like well so and so said i had to do it this way so i have to do it that way yeah (laughs) and i see that over and over again with people trying to connect with deity with people trying to establish their own path like well so and so said i had to do it this way so you know why isn't it working for me and that you know okay so we were talking a little bit about this before we started this episode about the whole concept of having to start your circle or your call, your guardians with air. Why do people do that? Well, and that comes from that long lineage of, you know, the Golden Dawn and um, Gardenarian, Alexandrian. They all had their format and we kind of just adopted it without question. Yeah. And I start with North and I think you do too, Elise. So yeah. which is something a little I bit of that. had to experiment with. Like I was taught East. Yeah. I didn't want to mess mm-hmm. up. I didn't want it to, mm-hmm. to not work. That's always the fear. In be wrong. You don't yeah. want to be wrong. <laughs> we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to offend anything. We just want to yeah, want it to yeah. work. We want everything to flow. <laughs> but just try it. Like really nothing bad will happen if you're, if you're, no, you know, just switching things around a little. That's all good. And yeah. I've tried with different yeah. elementals too. Like I'm going to try with dragons. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> I'm thinking sure. about it already. I'm like, sure. oh, they're cool. It. Yeah. Well, and then just a side note about dragons. Well, well, first, a side note about the elementals and start, we're starting with, you know, earth versus air. So I start with earth because to me, that's the foundation. Yeah, exactly. We come from the earth. We are earthly beings. Our skin and bone is earth, very earthly, very solid. So it makes sense to me to start with earth in that concept. Now, working with dragons, I know some people are like, oh, God, don't work with dragons. They're evil. They're hoarding. They're manipulative. No, that's not true. Um, <laughs> that is a misconception. So if you're going to work with dragons in any element, because there are dragons in each element, yeah, just know that, the, yes, they're very wise and they are very powerful, but they're not this thing that we have come to believe from fairy tales and stories about how... how um, they're, you know, looking to steal from you or or deceive you, that sort of thing. They're actually extremely patient. They're not these angry, vicious beasts that hide in caves and hoard gold. <laughs> so just that's just a side note. Like, don't feel like they're terrifying because, well, they are, but they're not terrifying. <laughs> they're not there to intimidate you. <laughs> yeah. I think healthy intimidation, too, isn't something to run away from, you know, like I think we feel intimidated. Like I wouldn't want to meet a single one of my favorite authors. To me, those are my celebrities. So, you know, if if there was any like uh, Thorn Mooney, she's a newer author, but I'm so intimidated by her. Not in a way that I really couldn't do. Like if I if I could meet her, I would. I would be able to handle myself, but I would still be like heart pumping, like, wow, she's Thorn Mooney. Like, I have that kind of like healthy intimidation, I think, if that makes sense. Healthy intimidation. Well, and I think it boils down to respect. Like, yeah, they have something that you desire, which might be knowledge, uh, maybe understanding that sort of thing. And 
you know, having that healthy respect for people who are beings even that know something about something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, and that, you know, brings up a good point because I've had people told me that I'm extremely Im- intimidating and, <laughs> and I don't know why, <laughs> but you know, cause, and, and, and we think it boils down to like, we, we project onto people, um, our insecurities and, so the wait, we were going way off topic here. Okay. Yeah. It's <laughs> like a total mother. That's a whole other podcast. We'll just we'll just keep okay, let's let's steer it back to elementals. <laughs> but okay, so in elementals, let's steer that back to elementals. Like we can project onto the elementals our own insecurities. So if we're doing that, we it's we're not gonna develop a positive relationship with them, a balanced relationship with them. It's always gonna be almost like, oh, they're so above me and I and I can't, you know, look them in the yeah. eye because I'm I'm afraid. Type of thing. So there, and I the start, fae. see, I made it relevant. <laughs> the same with the Fae, yes. A lot of people see the Fae as, you know, something to be feared. Don't even work with them. You should never say thank you oh, to yeah. a fairy. Like I've I've seen some serious like warnings out there against the Fae. Yeah. And to me, they're just mm-hmm. like like a healthy respect needs to be there. Right. Right. And and most of, and a lot of that, I wonder if that's um, that person's perspective is because they project onto the Fae their own insecurities. Maybe they so, littered at the park. <laughs> so maybe, they're scared yeah. of the Fae and they maybe yeah. should be. Right. And any of those beings, like you do not want to deliberately disrespect. And yeah. I think that's where a lot of fear comes in with working with them is because people don't understand that a lot of these beings are going to expect you to own your shit. Yeah. So if you have a habit of, you know, uh, throwing your trash on the ground and disrespecting a sacred site that they frequent, then I think there's going to be a little repercussion there. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's about looking deeply at, at your habits and your mindsets and adjusting those and realizing where they are not exactly serving you or serving your path. So now we kind of defined some of the elementals and, you know, how they might appear or present themselves to you. Let's talk about working with them, because we started this episode talking about how as newbies, (laughs) as baby witches way back when we had no idea. Nobody was explaining really what these elements were and why would we would want to use them or why they would want to work with us. I think that's a big thing right there. Why the heck do they even want anything to do with us? Yeah. So when you're working, again, remember that when we're working with elementals today, we are working from a modern perspective because we are modern people. So we are going to associate with them through our modern lens. So the Golden Dawn Back, what did we? What did, what was our research like back in the eighteen hundreds? Yeah, I think yeah, like eighteen eighties. Yeah, they created the system that what that became the roots or the mirror, the model for Gardnerian, Alexandrian, all you know, all down the line of all the Wiccan traditions you can think of right now. 
So our modern perspective is developed by that perspective way back when in the hermetic style of things. So when I think of working with the elements, I think of first, I must develop a relationship. Um, you can't work with anybody unless you develop a relationship, right? If yeah. you're just, you know, popping in on somebody and saying, hey, let's go do this. Let's manifest this. People are going to look at you like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Right? Yeah. You want to have a healthy respect boundary before you can push that oh, yeah. into something meaningful. Like you can't right. send a friend request to your favorite author if you haven't yeah, met and them just expect or them to, to jump them. on it, right? Yeah. Like they're going to think you're crazy. So it's kind of that way. I don't know. <laughs> I think we should test the theory. I think you should send Thorn Mooney an email and see if she's like, hey, yes, hey, I'm on board. She, she responded know? to my comment once on Instagram. Oh, there you go. See, you're developing that relationship right there. Yep. <laughs> I, I really do. One day, one day I, I know I'll meet her. <laughs> nice. You will. You will do it. <laughs> so so when, when we're thinking about working with these elementals, you want to start developing that rapport with them. So I typically do this by I'll start talking to them. I will start connecting with the elementals on my property where I live and start, you know, maybe giving them gifts. Maybe I'll make them something, a, a treat or something I would consider a treat. They they might look at it and go, what the hell is this lady? <laughs> but <laughs> but here's, here's my theory, my theology in all this is – when we start recognizing them, especially since our modern culture no longer recognizes them, when we start as an individual or as a coven or as groups of witches and pagans, when we start recognizing these creatures that have always been there and will always be there where they remain, when we start openly saying, hey, I acknowledge you're there, yeah, that piques their interest. Um, mainly because we are made of the elements and they are the elemental of that element. So they automatically see something in us that is similar or interesting in that aspect. So when we consciously start saying, hey, I'm here and I want to connect with you, I think they get on board with that pretty quickly because they're like, oh, hey, this this little human over here is <laughs> is acknowledging me let me go check them out you know and let's go see what, what this is all about so i don't think it's hard to get their their attention necessarily um so and i think that's why they want to work with us is because we are acknowledging them after yeah. centuries of people denying their existence you know it'd be like you going to a party and you maybe you know everybody there but they don't necessarily know you and but nobody talks to you they don't even acknowledge you exist. That would feel pretty lonely, right? I mean, maybe you might have other friends at the party that you could hang out with and socialize with, but that's not the same as as getting to know other people at the party who maybe didn't have any idea that you existed before. And all of a sudden they turn and say, well, what do you think of that? And like, hey, can I get you a drink? Or like they're, they're interacting with you. That feels pretty good to be included, to be yeah, acknowledged, thought of, acknowledged. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's part of – that's, like, the gist of it all, really, is, like, we want 
to acknowledge nature as pagans. We want to remind ourselves mm-hmm. to pull out of the busy flow of life and, you know, notice that bee landing on the flower. Get down and actually yeah. smell that flower. So when we yes. start these relationships with elementals, we are building that relationship with nature and it it works cohesively with our whole path as pagans. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so once you've made that contact with them, then you can start developing that relationship. So maybe you build an altar outside or maybe you, oh, I love, I love outdoor altars. I think they're just so much fun, but then indoor altars, you can create an indoor altar and leave them offerings or just leave them an acknowledgement that you are recognizing them. Um, You know, maybe while you're cooking dinner, you light a candle and you sprinkle some herbs on the flame or light a light a charcoal puck and sprinkle some herbs on there. So you're acknowledging earth, fire and air right there and you're honoring them. You're you're, you know, you know, taking time away from your friends at the party to, you know, welcome them into your social circle and your life. And I would say with developing a relationship. It doesn't have to be big, bold gestures. It's not Mm -hmm. like ritual where you have to, you know, you look at the moon or you think about timing or you think about, you know, what you're going to wear. Maybe you bake a special cake. Like for me, one thing I would do, and I lived in the city um, when I had my my little outdoor altar. Unfortunately, I don't have an outdoor altar now, but I go outside and I leave offerings in this. There's like a field of just amazing plants that I'm still trying to learn all of what the heck they are. Um, so I just go out there and that's it is an altar to me. So, um, yeah, but when I lived in Baltimore City, that was absolutely not the case. I had nowhere out outdoors to go. So I actually bought like a a candle holder, like those flat topped, like for those bigger based candles. I got it for like 60 cents at Goodwill, but it was cute. It had acorns and oak leaves on it. And I was like, oh, that's cute. my fay altar. I knew right away when I saw yeah. it. So I just kept it on my <laughs> tiny little balcony under the seat that we had there to keep it safe from, uh, you know, the wind because traffic and 695. So (laughs) you don't need a big space. Like it was really meaningful. And what I would do for my offerings is it was really impromptu and it was almost like the fairies were like, you know, tug my skirts and like, hey, I want that. I want that. Get me that. So like sometimes I would like be ripping foil to um, put over food, you know, and there would be like way too much on one corner, but it comes off in this weird diagonal way. So I would like rip that part off and like fold a little shape for them and like give that as a gift because they always like shinies. Or if I was trying to, you know, build a connection with air and a leaf blew onto my windshield as I was driving, I would be like, oh, guys, like, thanks. Like, good to be acknowledged. Like, you know, you kind of have this dialogue going and as long as you're noticing it and then feeding it back or even just by smiling at that thing that happens, I think that's the relationship being built. So don't second guess these little little magical miracles that happen every day in the smallest Definitely. ways. Yeah. And and uh, let me go let me go back to the shiny thing for a minute because <laughs> I'm gonna throw a wrench in your works. Because in some traditional lore, fairies actually hate shiny things. Ooh. So again, it's gonna go back to the um, culture, the context, and it may be only certain fae like shiny and certain fae don't. But um, yeah, they they used to build like almost like mobiles or um, wind um, wheels and stuff like that that were shiny to scare away the fae oh. in some traditions. Yeah. Oh, that's so it's so interesting cool. how 
Yeah. And and it's amazing like how we come to these conclusions or these understandings of these beings and which really reinforces that idea that you need to develop that personal relationship with them. Because your fairies obviously liked the shiny things where maybe someone else's don't. And it's going to be an individualized experience. It's not going to be this cross the board. This is this. That is that the dichotomous thinking again. So just keep that in mind when you are starting your relationship with the the elementals around you that they are going to be individualized. And um, it's. You can't base stuff off of Supernatural or Charmed or um, Disney. <laughs> Even It's really got to be that individualized experience. And as you say that, I actually haven't had the draw to anything shiny to be given mm. as an offering mm-hmm. at all since I left Baltimore. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that's true. That's the relationship listening Interesting. to what's being yes. told yes. to you. And and I think it, it, a lot of it comes to us softening ourselves a little bit and letting go of that egoic, this is right and I'm always right <laughs> kind of mindset. You know, I was taught it this way, so this is the way it has to be. Um, a lot of people get stuck in that. And it, I think it really hinders our ability to connect with what else is out there. Yeah. If we're just so rigid and so insistent that our way is the only way. Which is why I never teach from that perspective. I will never teach you that this is how it has to be. You know, I will always teach that this is how it works for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, oh, it works really well for me this way. So try it. If it doesn't work for you, then try something else. Find another way. Find something that works for you. Working with the elementals is a chance to indulge your inner child. It's less serious than ritual. It's more impromptu. It's small sometimes. Sometimes it's just a little thing that happens on your drive to work or your way to take out the trash. Um, so don't turn yourself off from these elementals. Let, let them come to you and notice when they do. Mary meet. Mary part. And marry me again. Thank you for joining us on the Magic Kitchen podcast. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com, for news, information, and more episodes. I'm Elise Wells, and I can be found at Seeking Numina on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, and seekingnumina.com. That's Seeking, N U M I N A. Join me as I immerse you in sacred meditations ambience, ASMR, and history at spiritual sites around the world.